From the Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here's your host, Jim Manfredonia. Well, a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy to be here with you on these Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, sharing in the joy of our faith, the joy of the gospel. And I do pray, my brothers and sisters, that you are having a blessed, happy, and holy day. And I thank you for taking some time out of your day to come here and share this hour with me and all of our family gathered from not just here in the terrestrial listening area of our radio stations, but around the world we go with all the technology. So thanks for being here with me on this uh, lovely, lovely Tuesday, March 9th, 2021. And I hope you're having an opportunity to get outside and enjoy some of this beautiful weather the Lord is blessing us with. And it's only going to get better, I understand, tomorrow and Thursday. So uh, spring is in the air, and uh, so are we. So uh, today, uh, I, I thought, you know, actually today is a, is in kind of for domestic church media, kind of an historical day. Uh, it was on this day in 2013 that Cheryl and I left for Rome with, uh, I think we had 12 pilgrims with us, including our spiritual director, Father Tim, uh, heading over to Rome. And uh, this pilgrimage had been planned uh, almost a year in advance, but as it turned out, as things transpired, you know, Pope Benedict uh, retired uh, in uh, February of that year, and as it turned out, the conclave was meeting the same week we were there. So we were there for the election of Pope Francis, and uh, just share some thoughts with you on that. And then I want to go to our Holy Father, Pope Francis's uh, uh, message for Lent. We did this a little bit of it uh, maybe last week or the week before. Uh, but I want to do more of this a beautiful message from the Holy Father on this beautiful season of Lent. Right now, smack dab, thick in the middle of it, right? And um, I, I pray you're having a, a blessed Lent and a successful Lent. You know, we set out on this Lenten journey on Ash Wednesday with uh, all good intentions to do the best we can to improve on our sanctification, our holiness, uh, our relationship with the Lord, the Church, each other. And so uh, let's listen to some of the words Pope Francis wrote about Lent for this year, and we'll share that with you. But let's first pray, as always, my brothers and sisters, we come together in this uh, hour uh, thanking the Lord for this time, thanking the Lord for the apostolate. I have some news to share with you about the apostolate. I have to get the word out here, um, uh, so keep that in prayer. Uh, but uh, over and above everything else, you know, there's such a, a great need for this work, especially these days of darkness. And they are, in so many ways, days of darkness. You know, uh, there are a lot of bright spots out there. We are the lights of the world, right, out into this world, but uh, there's so much darkness out there. So people are so confused, and, and uh, maybe, the, maybe the sunshine will, will ease that a little bit, and, and spring will kind of um, release the, the, the uh, what do you want to call it, the, the the angst, you know, <laughs> we'll get a little bit more mellow. Uh, but let's pray. And uh, we start, of course, with our prayer of um, consecration to our Holy Family. 
And uh, thanks to Pete and Arlene, uh, who dropped off today from the Knights of Columbus, uh, a whole new replenished supply. So um, we want to get them out to you. We're sending these out to you for free. You just have to ask us and let us know where to send them, and we're happy to do that. Uh, And I'll tell you how to do that once we pray the prayer. But we're praying this prayer of consecration, consecrating our families to the Holy Family of Nazareth uh, in these very, very difficult times. So let's begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord Jesus, you lived in the home of Mary and Joseph in Nazareth. There you grew in age, wisdom, and grace as you prepared to fulfill your mission as our Redeemer. We entrust our families to you. O Blessed Mary, you are the mother of our Savior. At Nazareth, you cared for Jesus and nurtured him in the peace and joy of your home. We entrust our family to you. O Saint Joseph, you provided a secure and loving home for Jesus and Mary and gave us a model of fatherhood while showing us the dignity of work. We entrust our family to you. Holy Family, we consecrate ourselves and our family to you. May we be completely united in a love that is lasting, faithful, and open to the gift of new life. Help us to grow in virtue, to forgive one another from our hearts, and to live in peace all our days. Keep us strong in faith, persevering in prayer, diligent in our work, and generous toward those in need. May our home, O Holy Family, truly become a domestic church where we reflect your example in our daily life. Amen. And we'll pray our prayers to St. Michael and to our Blessed Mother. The Holy Father asks us to pray these prayers every day. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God, and not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. St. Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, uh, thank you, friends, for being here, for joining me and sharing this hour together. And uh, I pray that it brings you some type of... uh, Comfort, consolation, relaxation, perhaps. I remember many, many years ago uh, when I was doing this program early in my career. You know, I used to go down to Camden, New Jersey. Most of the time I would pre record it on a cassette tape. If you remember what those were, I used to record onto cassette tapes and I'd send it down to uh, the radio, the little radio station down there in Camden, New Jersey. But sometimes I would actually go down and, and do the program live if I could. Uh, but anyway, I, I would, when I was first starting out, and I remember uh, my sister, I don't know if she's listening, she's, she still volunteers for us here. But she would tell me then, on occasion, because she was a school teacher, she'd come home from school and uh, listen to some of the program, and she said that she would fall asleep. <laughs> uh, she said because my voice was so soothing. I hope that was the reason. But anyway, I hope we do give you some type of comfort here. You know, uh, it's important for us here at Domestic Church Media, my friends, to uh, do everything possible to provide for you 
a place where you can come and kind of relieve some of that that uh, anxiety, maybe, or angst or uncertainty, you know, about the world. Uh, we know that you know that this world is passing; that uh, everything will turn to dust, and we're going to find ourselves in the end in one of two places. And of course, we pray that it is always in the arms of our Lord in heaven. But during these times, it's important for this apostle to be here. You know, you hear so much about the media, uh, the fake media, the fake news, you know, the mainstream media, the, the lack of integrity uh, and truth. And uh, I want you to know that when you, when you come here, uh, we'll do everything we possibly can to ensure that you receive the truth that you really need to hear, <laughs> the truth of Jesus Christ. All that being said... Uh, I do need to to throw and cast out the nets. You know, I I never know who's listening, who's watching. I never know what your capabilities are. But I do have to share with you that um, we are finding ourselves right now in a very um, precarious financial situation. You know, as I shared with you a few months ago, even during the Radiothon back in December, that because of the pandemic, uh, we fell short in 2020 by about $46,000. We were short um, in in the red. And so, yes, we had a very successful Radiothon in early December. We were we raised through your enormous generosity $144,000. But remember, 46000 of that had to go back <laughs> into the till to kind of make up and pay back um, our, our accounts from which we were drawing to just survive. And then we entered into this year. Now, that $144,000 uh, represents about half, about 50% of what we need for an entire year of broadcasting. So we took 46 out of that. So it was less than 100 left entering into 2021. And then we're told that the first two months of this uh, year, uh, donations have been down by about 51%. Uh, so that's not good. That's not a good trend. And, you know, it's always been my determination to only have one Radiothon a year because uh, I understand the enormous sacrifices you make. My pitch is this. I'm casting the net. You know, Duke in Altum put out into the deep for a great catch. So here goes the net over the side. Lord said, take out your boat again and throw the net out into the water for the catch. So this is it. You know, I'm just... Uh, uh, Coming to you and uh, sharing with you what our needs are. As I said, donations are down uh, by about 50% so far this year, and that's not good. We already entered into this year uh, in a hole, so the hole is getting deeper. And we need this apostolate. We need these radio stations. We need every means of communications that we are using to proclaim the gospel. And we need you to help us do that. So again, I don't really like spending my my, my program time uh, here uh, asking for your assistance, but I, you know, as a steward, main steward over the apostolate, I have to do what is required of me, and that is to make our needs known. So I'll just throw it out there. You know, I, I you see that the um, recovery package is, has been is being passed, and uh, you know they're talking about the amounts of money that couples and families will be getting from the government, and maybe some of you don't need that. 
but you're going to get it anyway. Maybe you want to share some of that or all of it with us. <laughs> we need it. <laughs> um, or in any other way, you can help us. And, you know, there's just, I wish we had a, a, a like a million-dollar endowment somewhere that we could draw from as needed along the way, but we don't. We basically live hand-to-mouth and month-to-month. Right now, that's the way the Lord is asking us to do it. Has He's been asking us to exist that way for many, many years. Uh, it, it wears on me sometimes. <laughs> I've learned to trust. We're still here. The Lord is blessing us, but I'm asking now to uh, all of you, Please pray, and whatever way you can, help us out. Because we are, as I said, so far this year, in the first two months of 2021, donations have been down by 51%. And that's not good. And that trend seems to be continuing into March. So uh, please help us. You can write to us here at Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509 Trenton, 08628. That's Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. You can also go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and click the Donate Now button and make an online donation with your debit or credit card. Uh, we do need you, my friends, and I just share that with you. It's like, I always say it, and I mean it. I really mean it. It's the worst part of my job. I hate doing this. I hate asking for money. But I do have to make our needs known because uh, without your donations, we cannot survive. So we are uh, right now in um, very, very great need for your support. That's Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. Or go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and you can make an online donation using your debit or credit card. And for anybody who is in the position to make a major gift, uh, I can assure you we would greatly appreciate that as well. You know, we are a 501c3 nonprofit. Your gift is tax deductible as allowed by law and uh, goes a long way in helping us do the great work that has to be done here so that we can keep bringing this message out to as many people as possible every day. And I got to tell you, I should, I, I really should one day just share with you. I, there Probably not a week goes by when I don't receive a few letters from people telling us just how much this radio station means to them and how much it's changed their lives. And that's through no merit of my own or our own here, but the Holy Spirit working through us. And the Holy Spirit works through us because you support us and allow to turn the transmitter on, turn the lights on, turn the microphones on, and get the word out there. So trust me, there will come a time, I promise you, as you support this work, there will come a time one day in your life, and I'm talking about your eternal life, where you will meet people in heaven who will thank you for sharing your goods with this apostolate that enabled us to turn on the mics, to turn on the transmitter, to proclaim the gospel, to reach the hearts and minds of other people whose lives were turned around and now are in the embrace of our Lord because of what they heard here. And again, through no, we don't take any credit for that. We know the Holy Spirit is doing that. We're just the instruments, but so are you in your support. So again, it's Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. Or go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and make an online donation. No amount is too small. No amount is too great. 
Uh, we need you. We need you right now in a big way. So today, March 9th, 2021, is the uh, eight years ago. It's hard to believe. I, I, Sharon and I were talking about this last night or this morning at breakfast. It's hard to believe eight years ago where we uh, here at the Apostolate arranged to have a pilgrimage to go to Rome. We planned it in, that we went in 2013. We planned it, started planning it in 2012. And as it turned out, uh, the Holy Father, Pope Benedict, announced his retirement. And I was disappointed because I, I know part of our pilgrimage every year, or at, when you go to Rome, I should say, uh, you have an opportunity to go to the general audience. In those days, it was in St. Peter's Square. And I thought, oh, my, now we're not going to see Pope Benedict. He's going to be retiring. But as it turned out, as we got closer and closer to our dates of pilgrimage, we saw that it was going to be the time of conclave when the cardinals came from around the world to meet at St. Peter's and eventually the Sistine Chapel uh, to choose a new pope. And we were going to be there for that event. And it was an event, I'll tell you. Uh, so it was March 9th that we left with uh, there were 14 of us, and we went to uh, Rome. And uh, I remember that the, we arrived there on a Sunday morning, and then we later had dinner and just kind of visited a couple of churches Monday, uh, we went to Assisi, and Tuesday was the day the conclave was beginning. And so we had the opportunity on that Tuesday morning to go to St. Peter's and be in St. Peter's Basilica when the cardinals met for the opening Mass. They call it the Mass of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the cardinals would pray, again, for the Holy Spirit guidance and and. We were there. We were sitting right behind the, where the cardinals sat there in St. Peter's. And I tell you, when I went to that Mass in St. Peter's Basilica, I've never, ever felt the presence of the Holy Spirit as I did that day. It was such a powerful presence there. And then from there, of course, the cardinals went into the Sistine Chapel. And it was the next day, March 13th, when I guess in the morning there was a vote and there was black smoke. And then the next vote was going to be at 7 o'clock at night. So we pilgrims, we went to Mass at St. Peter's Basilica. And um, I think Mass was at 5 o'clock or 5.30 in the evening. And we came. Mass was over and we came out of St. Peter's and it was raining. And so we were standing there looking and it was drizzling, not really hard rain, but it was it was raining. And we understood that a vote was going to be taken at 7 o'clock. So we said, let's just stay here in the square and see what happens at 7 o'clock. And so we positioned ourselves. We were as close to, we were up against a, a, a barricade underneath the loggia where the new Holy Father would come out eventually if he was elected that night. And so we stood there, stood there in the rain, and then the crowd started to gather a little bit, and all of a sudden the place was packed because everybody else said, well, there's going to be a vote at 7 o'clock at night. So, uh, And then, like, if you've ever been to a ball game, you know, like at the stadium football game or a baseball game where the stadium, you know, 55,000, 60,000 people in the stadium, well, there probably were about 70,000 people in St. Peter's Square 
when I guess we couldn't see it from where we were, but we could tell that white smoke was coming out of the out of the uh, Sistine Chapel uh, chimney there because the crowd began to roar. I wasn't hearing the crowd roaring and cheering. And uh, so we knew that a new pope had been elected, so we said, let's just stay here. And within an hour, Pope Francis came out to the loggia. Um, an hour and a half, maybe. But it was interesting. There was a, the, the Vatican band was there. It was a, like a marching band, and it was very, just a very, very uh, exciting evening. And to be there when the new pope, the new vicar of Christ, stepped out into the loggia, onto the loggia, above, overlooking St. Peter's Square, and we were there. And to get that first papal blessing was a great, great, and I still have the video of that blessing, so anytime I want to remember that first papal blessing from Pope Francis, uh, I play it, and there we are, uh, standing right underneath the loggia. Uh, not directly under it, but enough that you could see the, obviously see the loggia, but the, we were literally were as close as anybody could have gotten, uh, spectator-wise, because we were up against the barricade that stopped people from entering onto the the steps of the of the, the basilica. So, anyway, it was that that was an exciting night? But it was. But I remember when when the Holy Father did come out, and it's it, it stopped raining. It stopped raining, and and uh, the, but to be there among, as I said, probably about seventy thousand people when they announced Francis, uh, the new Pope. Uh, it was it was just you know one of the, one of those once in a lifetime events that you just happened to be at. <laughs> wasn't planned that way uh, when we first planned the pilgrimage, but it was an exciting, exciting evening. And I remember we went back. Once the Holy Father went back in and the crowds began to disperse, um, we, the pilgrims, had to find our way back to the hotel, and so we were all catching cabs and things. And uh, we got back to the hotel. We were meeting in the lobby, just kind of high-fiving each other. And it was like we, we had just won the World Series. We were there for this very special, exciting and blessed event uh, to be there. So that was uh, eight years ago tonight that we left for Rome. And it's hard to believe that this is Pope Francis's eighth year of his pontificate. You know, he's, uh, they've been reporting, you know, he had a very successful pilgrimage to Iraq, um, a very blessed and holy uh, pilgrimage. Um, but people have been reporting that he looks frail. You know, he's unsteady sometimes. Well, he has a, a sciatic problem. He also was 83 years old, and I was saying to Cheryl this morning, I believe Pope Francis, uh, I'm sorry, Pope Benedict, uh, his pontificate was only eight years. He'd retired, and he was uh, probably pretty close to age, in age, to where Francis is now. Not that Francis is planning on retiring, but uh, Pope Benedict, you know, he became Pope when John Paul II died in 2005, and then Pope Benedict announced his retirement in 2013. So that's eight years. And, and so Pope Francis is in his eighth year uh, of being our Holy Father. And he has not given any hint that he was going to reti- is going to retire in any way. But, um, you know, it just depends on the individual. But he, you know, he is 83 years old, and uh, he does have a sciatica problem. So you, when you see him walk, you see he struggles a little bit uh, because of that. So we have to pray for our Holy Father. You know, pray for him. He's He's... Uh, certainly not a perfect man. None of our popes were. They were men. <laughs> They're all men. They're all of a fallen nature. Uh, they all sin. They all, you know, need confession. They're, they're, even though many of them now are have been declared saints, 
in, in heaven, of course, but while on earth, um, no pope is perfect. No pope. And Francis has his, uh, his faults, but he also, I think, has some very many wonderful uh, characteristics. Um, he's, and I always say this. I always say that you know, a, a pope is, is chosen by Almighty God uh, for his time. Um, you know, when, when John Paul became our Holy Father, well, let's even go back for earlier. Let's go back to, to John the 23rd, you know, who became our Holy Father, I think, in 1958. And then uh, he wasn't our Holy Father that long. He, he passed away in 1963, right? So he was not Holy Father for a long time. Now he's Saint John the 23rd, of course. But it was because of his pontificate that he felt that we needed a Vatican Council. And... Uh, he called together, you know, called that, that council together. And it was Paul VI who um, was able to uh, um, su- succeed uh, John Twenty-Third when he passed, and he uh, finished the council, closed it out. And, of course, I think out of all the um, things that St. Pope Paul VI did, Humane Vitae was probably his most famous and most impactful to this day, people still talk about that document. It's a prophetic document on human life. Um, and uh, then, of course, from Paul VI, we had John Paul I, who was our Holy Father for only 33 days. And don't really know a lot about him. They called him the Smiling Pope. Uh, I probably should go back and take, because he did obviously give us some teaching in those 33 days. Uh, go back and take a look at that. And, of course, we had the great 26-year pontificate of St. Pope John Paul II um, for very critical times in, in human history, you know, the fall of communism. And many people give John Paul, as well as President Reagan and, and uh, Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher, credit, the three of them, for working together to bring down the uh, the, the communism and the, and the Berlin Wall. And, uh, and of course, when uh, John Paul passed in 2005, Benedict came in. John Paul, you know, John Paul II, if you have to, you know, kind of describe him or his very, uh, you know, I would say he, he was very um, uh, articulate, very eloquent in how he wrote and how he presented us. He was a great communicator. He was young. He was only 58 years old when he became our Holy Father. Um and, of course, as he went on in the pontificate, he, he began to lose uh, some of that because of his age and accident. He fell down that time and uh, then developed Parkinson's. And then, of course, Holy Father Pope Benedict, really a great theologian. And he kind of put things in, in, in order. And then when Francis came along, you know, uh, in a church where he's, he's trying to open wide the arms of the church to embrace all people, you know, to invite them in. Uh, and a lot of people maybe not don't like his method. But, you know, I have to say, you go back even to the pontificate of John Paul II, and I remember we lived through that, right? And, and there were, when our Holy Father, St. Pope John Paul, was pope, the conservatives said he was too liberal. The liberals said he was too conservative. He was getting hit up from all sides. Many people who would attack him. Um, and, you know... Like my spiritual director said one time, a pope like John Paul II only comes around once every thousand years. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it, you can't compare the popes who came after him to him. 
They're all different, as is Francis. So we pray on this day, you know, as this week we remember the 8th anniversary of the election of Pope Francis, to pray for him. Just pray for him. You know, again, not perfect, and many people have uh, some difficulty with him. I know that. Um, I have a, a bit of a different outlook on him and, and the way I see him. I was there the night he was elected, and, of course, a year later we were back in Rome, and uh, Cheryl and I, um, again, wasn't planned, but received a, a, a wonderful blessing from him. Uh, we had received um, passes to his general audience. It was a year later we were back on pilgrimage again for the canonization of John the Tw- 23rd and Pope uh, John Paul II. And we were up during the general audience from Pope Francis up there with the uh, the cardinals and the bishops. We had special seats. And um, when the Holy Father Francis was finished with his general audience, he went down. Before he even went to greet the, the cardinals and the bishops, he went right down to the front row of the people in the square, the handicapped people in the wheelchairs and the, the invalids, and he went down to greet them first. And then when he walked back up the stairs to greet the bishops and the cardinals, we were there and, um, again, very blessed where, where he, he passed. You know, we were right against the barricade, but he was right in front of us there, and he, he passed by. And as he passed by, I, I yelled out, Papa. <laughs> I said, please bless our marriage and held Cheryl's hand out in mine. And he stopped, and he turned around, and he smiled, and he walked back over to us. And he put his hand on our hands, our joined hands, and blessed us. Uh, so, anyway, we pray for the Holy Father, Pope Francis. This week, the eighth anniversary of his election as our Holy Father. Pray for him. And we'll be back in just a bit. We're going to go to his message for Lent. So, stay right where you are, my friends. More to come on Come to Me. America, what have you done for your marriage today? It's a good question. Boy, I gave a huge hug this morning, like a really big squeeze. I took the baby while she worked. I got up with the baby while he slept. Yeah. We've actually organized a date night tonight. I cooked my husband's favorite breakfast. Well, I've done today what I usually do, and that is obey. What have you done for your marriage today? Don't forget the small stuff. Need ideas? Go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Communication Campaign. Have you downloaded the Domestic Church Media app for all your mobile devices? It's free and enables you to stay in touch with Domestic Church Media and all we have to offer. You can tune into our live broadcast 24-7 as well as listen to our archives and podcasts. And you can even watch our local DCM programs live on our YouTube channel 
or watch the archive programs all on your phone or tablet. In addition to all things DCM, you'll also have so many other resources right at your fingertips. The free Domestic Church Media mobile app also gives you the daily Mass readings, the Liturgy of the Hours, numerous common prayers and novenas, and daily saints of the day. And that's not all. The Domestic Church Media mobile app also includes the complete Catechism of the Catholic Church, the entire Bible, as well as multiple Catholic periodicals and newspapers like the National Catholic Register, Our Sunday Visitor, and so many others. Plus, you'll have access to all our local diocesan newspapers and so much more. Go to your app store today and download the free Domestic Church Media mobile app. We know you'll love it. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. You know, we sometimes can't make a distinction between reality that means what is happening and the reality of obstacles that keep you from being good, that keep you from being a Christian, that keep you from striving for sanctity. And these excuses that blur, blur reality. And we kind of have a smoke screen up here and we say, well, I don't need... I don't need to listen to that because it doesn't look real. For example, a lot of people criticize us for depending upon God's providence. And they say, but you see, you have to have visible means of support and a visible this and a visible that. But you see, to me, my friend, God is visible in the present moment, visible in your eyes, visible in you, visible in his creation. How visible do you want God to be? The people you know and trust are on EWTN. I'm Cheryl. I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope, on these domestic church media stations. From Yardley to Yardville. Seagirt to Spotswood. Matawan to Manalapan. From Lakewood to Long Branch. Asbury Park to Adelphia. Morrisville to Marlboro. Domestic Church Catholic Radio, proclaiming Jesus Christ in the new springtime of the church. Back on this beautiful March 9th, 2021, a lovely spring-like day outside, and uh, going to get better. So I hope you get a chance to get out and enjoy it today, tomorrow, Thursday. Beautiful weather, and I think I think we've seen the last of the snow. That's my hope, anyway. I think we've seen, even if it snows now. Well, even the long-range forecast goes for two weeks on my little app here. And it shows 40s and 50s, no snow. So that's already taken us to the to spring, 21st of March. So anything that snow, any snow that comes after that doesn't hang around too long. The sun is too high, it melts itself. Good riddance. We had it. Now it's gone. Now it's spring. Uh, let's see. Why is the camera 
winning down there. <laughs> you know, these cameras we have are wonderful technology. They, they, uh, if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, um, they, they, they create their own shots. I mean, there's nobody controlling the camera except artificial intelligence. <laughs> and sometimes they, they zoom in or they focus in on something that doesn't make any sense, like one of my buttons. <laughs> anyway, we're going to go to uh, the Holy Father's message for Lent in just a little bit. If you weren't here for the beginning of the program, again, I'll real quick tell you that uh, we need your financial assistance, my friends. Please help us out. Um, we are down in the first two months of this year by 50% in donations. So uh, we are going to just put the word out there. Please help us and uh, go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and make an online donation if you can. That would be a big help to us over the next uh, few weeks into April, May. Uh, you know, we need to, first of all, it prevents me from getting agita. If I, if I worry about the... Uh, Although I don't know why I worry. The Lord always takes care of us because you wonderful, wonderful family uh, always come through for us. So pray about that and help us out. Go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and click on the Donate Now button. So let's go to Holy Father's message for Lent uh, 2021. And I shared some of this with you Um. I guess last week or the week before, but I am a little bit more of it now. You know, here we are in Lent, hoping that you are succeeding in your um, commitment to sacrifice, <laughs> whatever that might be, uh, in, in doing other activities and things in Lent that are contributing to your personal sanctification. That's the whole point. So Holy Father, every year, uh, writes a message for Lent. And in this message this year, um, let's see what the theme was. Let's go back to the top here. Uh, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem. Lent, a time for renewing faith, hope, and love. And so let's go to his teaching on hope. As living water, he says, enabling us to continue our journey the Samaritan woman at the well, whom Jesus asks for a drink, does not understand what he means when he says that he can offer her living water. Naturally, she thinks he is referring to material water, but Jesus is speaking of the Holy Spirit, whom he will give in abundance through the Paschal mystery, bestowing a hope that does not disappoint. Jesus had already spoken of this hope when, in telling of his passion and death, he said that he would be raised on the third day. And he was speaking of the future opened up by the Father's mercy. Hoping with them and because of him means believing that history does not end with our mistakes, our violence and injustice or the sin that crucifies love. It means receiving from his open heart the Father's forgiveness. I remember reading one time a few years ago from Pope Francis, and it always stuck with me. You know, he always sadly at times may think of our God as a God who was always trying to catch us doing something wrong so he could punish us. That's a stupid way to think about our, our Heavenly Father. No offense to anybody who thinks that way, but that's not who God is. God didn't create us to punish us. He didn't create us 
for death, as Scripture says. He created us for eternal life. He created us to be with him for all time. We'll go back again. We quote it often. You should, and those of you who are baby boomers like myself or older, you should know that God made me to, and you, we answer the question, why did God make me? God made me to know him, to love him, and to serve him in this life so we can be happy with him forever in the next. You know, those of you who are my age, you know, I'm, I'm 66. Uh, I was thinking about this. You know, I did the other day, I was, I was driving around on Saturday, I guess, and I was running a few errands for Sunday. And, and um, I have that little Amazon Alexa in my car. They make them for your car. It's called uh, Amazon Echo Auto, as an automobile. It's about the size of a credit card. Not as thin, but about that size. And you plug it into your USB port, <laughs> and it connects to your phone to use its data. And it doesn't use a lot of data. And you can listen to, I listen to this, you know, if you, and all you have to do is say play domestic church media, and it comes in your car like an FM station, no matter where you are. We were, I was listening to our station in Arizona because <laughs> I had the Amazon Echo thing with me. But I was listening, and, I, and you could tell this Amazon Echo thing to, to do anything, basically, as far as you know, what you want to hear. And you can say, play domestic church media, and it plays domestic church media. Well, I said, play music from 1966. I was 12 years old in 1966. It was a joyful time. I remember I being 12, playing baseball and hanging outside in the summertime, going in friends' pool, and, you know, just the, the innocence and fun of youth. And so I, you know, like many of you, I'm sure you hear a certain song or hear certain music. It brings you right back to that time. So I wanted to reminisce a little bit about that. And I was brought back to that time. But I think also during those times, and that was right in the middle of the 1960s, and, and I was in Catholic school when all the Vatican II changes began to take effect. But there was something about being in a, even then, I'm, I'm sure more so now because of the state of public schools, but even more, you know, but then even being in a Catholic school environment with the, the, the nuns and the, and, and the prayer, and it just, there was, a, it, there was a, an all-enveloping warmth about the school and the classroom and, and the teachers and the students that I experienced. It was a wonderful thing. Um. And when we learn those things, you know, very simply, but wrote memorization, why did God make you? God made me to know him, to love him, to serve him in this life so that we could be happy with him forever in the next. We still remember that. And it's very simple and very basic, but that's the essence of why God made us, to know him, to love him, and to serve him in this life so we can be happy with him in the next our God is not a God who is waiting to catch us doing something wrong and punish us. And so I remember, I'm trying to get all get back to where I started, backtracking here to where I began. I remember a few years ago, Pope Francis said, and it always stuck with me, God knows us by our name, not by our sins. 
God knows us by our name, not by our sins. And we always should remember that. You know, one day we're going to meet God face to face. To see him as he truly is. And he's not going to say, oh, I know you. You're the one who did this, 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 and this. No, he's going to say, I know you. You are my child, and he'll call us by our name. And it's for that which he created us. For that moment into all eternity. And so Holy Father in his message for Lent reminds us that in our Lord speaking to the woman at the well speaks of the Father's mercy, the living water, and hoping with him and because of him means believing that history does not end with our mistakes. You know, the devil would love us to believe that our sin, whatever that sin may be, or sins, once they are committed, he'll tempt us into committing them. He'll tell us God will forgive us until we commit the sin. Then he'll tell us God will never forgive us. That's the lie of the devil. That it's over. You've had your chance. You blew it. You sinned. God's not going to forgive you for that. So just forget about it. But We know what the beautiful gift of, of, of the, uh, the sacrament of confession, that God's mercy awaits us. And we receive from his open heart the forgiveness that he wants to give. Holy Father writes, in these times of trouble, when everything seems fragile and uncertain, it may appear challenging to speak of hope. He writes, yet Lent is precisely the season of hope when we turn back to God who patiently continues to care for his creation, which we have often mistreated. St. Paul urges us to place our hope in reconciliation. In 2 Corinthians, he says, be reconciled to God by receiving forgiveness in the sacrament that lies in the heart of our process of conversion. We in turn can spread forgiveness to others. And so important. You know, we pray the Our Father every day. I'm sure, and sometimes multiple times each day. And so we're praying Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. That's the prayer, and God will take us at our word. If we pray, forgive us our sins, our trespasses, the same way we forgive others who sin and trespass against us, God will say, okay, <laughs> know what you're saying. I will. I will do what you ask. So if we have a hardness of heart and we fail to forgive someone, and it's not always easy. We have, you know, we, we are of a, 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 a fallen human nature, and so sometimes it's difficult to forgive. You know, sometimes it's, it's tough to let go. I remember Mother Angelica would often say... When, when, you, when you don't forgive somebody, 
and you you have that hardness of heart, that anger, that unforgiveness toward them, they still got you. <laughs> they still control you. Let go. Let it go. Otherwise, they still have you. And, you know, we talked about this a, f- a few weeks ago, you know, forgiveness. What does that mean? It doesn't mean necessarily a reconciling all the time. It doesn't mean that there's a, you know, uh, happy-go-lucky, okay, all is forgotten and we're back to the way we were. Sometimes that's not possible. But if in your heart you wish the ultimate good for that person and you even though have a hard, would have a hard time being in his or her presence again in this life, but you pray that you'll see that person in heaven. You want them to be in heaven. You want them to get there. And I'm going to pray that you get there. I'm going to pray your life is good here on earth for as long as you have left, and I want you to be in heaven one day. And it may take and probably will take uh, some purgatory time to get rid of the rest of that hardness of heart so that when you see that person in heaven, there won't be any barrier. There will be rejoicing. It's different. You know, Mother, Mother Angelica said that that time after she had one of her strokes where she said she saw, she said, I saw the other side. I saw the other side. And she said, and I'm going to tell you right now, don't, and I'm going to, uh, I can't give her exact quote, but I'm going to have to paraphrase here. But she said, Basically, don't sweat the small stuff. Don't get upset about the little things. It's stupid. It's different on the other side. She said she saw it. So forgiveness, we ask the Lord to forgive us for our sins, for our trespasses, as a process in receiving forgiveness in the sacrament, that's the heart of our process of conversion. That's why confession, regular confession, and even frequent confession is important. You know, when you go to the sacrament of confession, you receive that wonderful sanctifying grace and you receive absolution for your sins and, and, and the sanctifying grace received in the sacrament strengthens us. It builds up our immunity to sin. It really does, if we can use terms that are being thrown around today in today's culture. But really, doesn't it do that? Doesn't doesn't the sanctifying grace in the sacrament of reconciliation build up our immunity to sin? Doesn't mean we're not going to sin again. I hope we don't. That's up to our will. But it helps strengthen that desire to not sin again. It helps strengthen that, that, uh, that uh, determination to remain in a state of grace. The more we go, the more grace we receive. So, uh, you know, these days, especially with the virus, you know, confessions probably have, maybe not, maybe, maybe, maybe people are still going because you're behind the curtain, behind the barrier. But uh, I hope, you know, everybody's going to regular confession. It's so important. Um, The Holy Father says, having received forgiveness ourselves, we can offer it through our willingness to enter into attentive dialogue with others and to give comfort to those experiencing sorrow and pain. 
God's forgiveness offered also through our words and actions enables us to experience an Easter of fraternity. The Holy Father writes, In Lent, may we be increasingly concerned with speaking words of comfort, strength, consolation, and encouragement, and not words that demean, sadden, anger, or show scorn. In order to give hope to others, it is sometimes enough to simply be kind, to be willing to set everything else aside in order to show interest, to give the gift of a smile, if you can see it behind the mask, to speak a word of encouragement, to listen amid general indifference. You know, some of us, and I'll, I'm one of them, I'm, you know, I, uh, sometimes people may get the wrong impression about me. I, my, my personality, and I know this, Believe it or not, I'm very reserved in large crowds. If it's one-on-one, you know, or couple-to-couple, I don't have a—that works for me. I I don't have any issue with that. But when there's a number of people and you got to interact and it's not—my comfort level, you know, I'm just not comfortable there. And it's not a, a, you know, a big-time thing. It's just a— character flaw or whatever you want to call it <laughs> and sometimes people can take that the wrong way standoffish or whatever it's not I'm, I'm you know but if I'm in front of a crowd behind a podium speaking to thousands I have no issue with that is it but one-on-one no problem but you have a crowd of people you know five six people on it I'll be the one just standing there and observing not really saying much um it's not being indifferent. But we, we are all called to reach out in whatever way we can in any circumstance. And Holy Father says this. This, this, this is, uh, you know, uh, uh, just speak, whether we're speaking words of comfort, strength, consolation, encouragement. But at least don't get into situations where you're speaking words that demean, sadden, anger, or show scorn, he said. Um. In order to give hope to others, it's sometimes simply to be kind, you know, and uh, just, you know, be charitable. He says, through recollection and silent prayer, hope is given to us as an inspiration and interior light, illuminating the challenges and choices we face in our mission, hence the need to pray and in secret to encounter the Father of tender love, to experience Lent in hope entails growing in the realization that in Jesus Christ we are witnesses of new times in which God is is making all things new. It means receiving the hope of Christ who gave his life on the cross and was raised by God on the third day and always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who calls us to account for the hope that is in us. And, you know, Father Larry, right? Father Larry Richards, God bless him. His apostolate is called the reason for our hope. It's Jesus. You know, no matter what the world is throwing at us, no matter what type of situation we are in, we're all in, you know, I think we've all had it. It's been a year now of, of pandemic. And I think, you know, it started out uh, two weeks to flatten the curve that has now extended into an entire year. Uh, we're all pretty much fed up with it, I think. I think we're all ready to get to, to say, okay, enough is enough. Let's be over with it, right? And some some light at the end of the tunnel is shown by the 
CDC yesterday with some new guidelines, et cetera. Maybe all that's going to change within the next few months. Hopefully, please God. Um, but regardless of all of that, Jesus is the reason for our hope. You know, I think one of the reasons, we were talking earlier today uh, about this, saying that it seems that people our age and people of faith have been less fearful as it regards the virus. Not everybody, but most, you know, a good number of people. But the younger generations, the millennials and younger, and they, they seem to be more fearful of it. And, uh, you know, I don't know why, uh, unless, you know, if you look at the statistics that say people in that age group are less religious and less faithful, and so they have nothing to look forward to beyond this life. We look to Jesus, who is our hope, and we know the hope of salvation awaits us. The hope of eternal life awaits us. Not that we all want to wish any kind of ill or, or illness or sickness or death on ourselves, but we know we are eventually going to die and leave this world and enter into an eternal life with Jesus, hopefully, which is paradise. And people who don't believe that well, sure, they're going to fear. <laughs> There's nothing beyond here. So hope in Christ is uh, the Holy Father's message for this section of his message for Lent. All right, I got to go and uh, let's see. Uh, Crest is next and then Catholic Answers. I will be back tomorrow, God willing. Uh, get out and enjoy whatever is left of this day on this beautiful spring, March 9th. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you and God love you. 